I've always loved inner child work. The first time I did it, it was so life-changing because what we don't realize is that a lot of our beliefs are created at that young age. When something happens, we form a belief, whether it's subconscious or consciously. We form those beliefs and we carry them. And as the years go by, you add to that story. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous podcast, and I'm so excited to share my guest with you today. Literally, the Boldly Courageous podcast would not be what it is without this woman. Her name is Ruby Skilton, and she is the founder of Flaunt Your Flaws and Podcast & Co., and she is the audio engineer, genius, brainchild behind everything Boldly Courageous. So anything audio related, all the music, all the editing, getting this podcast out into the world, I could not, could not create this message and this brand and get this out to you guys without her. And I remember our very first conversation before I even decided that I wanted to hire her as my editor. I was so blown away by her light and her mission in this world and just her overall energy and her story about being someone who has a, a, a physical difference and her ability to be seen and want to inspire and help other people find their voice as she has done through her own life and her own journey. And so in this conversation, Ruby and I talk about what it really means to flaunt your flaws. You know, as someone with a physical difference, she's definitely had moments in her life where she's hidden who she was and was able to get to a point where she was able to flip that around and really alchemize her differences to be her secret sauce and her magic and her gifts in the world. And she shares a story about how recently she has stepped out of her comfort zone to be seen in an even bigger way and what that has taught her about her strength and her message and the importance of getting it out into the world. And Ruby talks about how one event, literally getting to one event a few years ago, started to change her life and really give her permission to live a happy lifestyle that she actually had a choice. And we dive deep into the importance of doing the inner child work and how to really look at the beliefs that we have in life and how we're running on this operating system that has been handed down to us and why it's so important for you to do the inner child work and take accountability for caring for that little version of yourself because ultimately that's the version of you that is running the show. 
Ruby is a podcast producer, audio expert, limb difference advocate, speaker, and entrepreneur. Being born with a physical difference could have positioned Ruby's life to go in a completely different direction. She could have fallen into the victim mentality and lived a life of, quote, I wish I could, but she used her difference as fuel to become successful and impact others. Throughout the years, Ruby lost herself in a world of expectations and her voice was lost amongst the masses. So she pushed herself out of her comfort zone and started a podcast to use her voice. Ruby founded Podcast & Co., where she works with high-level entrepreneurs, coaches, and influencers to help them not only connect with their audience on a deeper level, but also have their voices heard. Ruby says that podcasting is not just about serving your community, but it's about remembering the power your words hold and the impact your voice can make. Well, Ruby is making a huge impact in the world. She's made a massive impact in my life, and I know that she will in yours as well. So let's dive into the episode. Okay, Ruby, I'm so excited that you are here. And I'm like, I know this conversation is going to be so inspiring and juicy and like filled with all the, all the goodness. And what I love about you is your just unwavering support. Um, I literally could not create this podcast or get this message out into the world without you. You're my amazing unicorn podcast editor. For those that don't know, Ruby handles all of the, the sound and the editing for Boldly Courageous. And you've just been so supportive. You share my episodes. You send me gifts in the mail. You're always available to answer all my crazy questions. And you always make everything happen when I'm a very last minute person. So I'm, I'm grateful for you and your gifts. And I'm, I'm so excited for this conversation. Thank you for being here. I'm so grateful and I am so honored to be here. I'm so excited. Okay. So what is one boldly courageous thing that you've done recently? Um, well, I knew this question was coming and I did not prepare. <laughs> um, I think really just trusting my intuition and um, allowing myself to travel, even though it's middle of this pandemic and you know, whatever is going on with the elections and stepping really out of my comfort zone. And I spoke for the first time at a live event this weekend. And that was just incredible sharing my story for the first time in that setting. So just really trusting in my gift and just saying yes, even when I'm super, super scared. Mm, oh, yes. That is, you're like speaking my love language. You know that. Like I'm the boldly <laughs> courageous. Hi. Um, I love that. Okay. So what does that look like for you in terms of trusting your intuition? Because I know it's different for everybody. And I want to talk more about your story and the importance of storytelling, because, you know, obviously that's like your jam storytelling, right? But what does it look yeah. like for you? How do you know what your intuition is saying to you? Like, how do you receive those messages? Mm. So for a long time, it was really hard to tell because it's so easy to confuse our like past patterns, what we're scared of versus our intuition when it's actually telling us don't do that because it's not right for you so it took a while and the way that I tell now when it's intuition versus me being scared is when it's intuition it's this burning sensation in my stomach of like if I don't go it's not that I fear missing out but I'm literally gonna feel like a part of me is missing Mm. as compared to when I'm just scared to do something um I'm like mm, you know 
like take it or leave it like eh, right. yeah exactly. I don't know but versus like oh man there's FOMO there <laughs> totally totally mm. so when you spoke at this live event what was the thing that you were maybe most afraid of and what was the thing that you were most excited about well probably when we go into my story I you know I was born with these physical difference and so the biggest fear was actually going up and just being seen by people. It wasn't so much telling my story. I have no problem sharing my story, but being seen by people and being in front of people in a tank top, which I haven't done in a long time, um, was just so, so scary. And I'm so grateful for my friend. She was the co-host with me, one of the co-hosts. And I told her, I kind of want to wear a tank top, but I'm kind of like really scared. And she's like, you're scared? do it, do it. And she like pushed me to get out of my comfort zone. And I think that was so impactful because my story is that I was so ashamed of my, of my difference that I would hide it. So being able to step into that power and be like, I'm standing in front of all of you guys talking in a tank top was so massive. And the thing I was the most excited about was actually creating that if you could do it I can do it too and people and inspiring people to just do whatever they set their mind to because anyone is capable of doing everything so I was really really excited to start jumping into my power and making that impact in other people Mm, and you're a friend that's a good friend it's like oh you're scared okay cool let me help you do this thing and then now that you've told me like you can't not do it right (laughs) totally yeah and I met her at a live event too last year. Oh, I so. love that. I've met some of my like closest friends, best, best friends. I met my best friend at a live event. So I love that yeah. you shared that. So let's talk more about your, your platform. You have a platform built around flaunt your flaws. And I know that mm-hmm. that's something that is, I mean, ties perfectly into what you were just sharing about being on stage in a tank top, like being unapologetic about who you are and allowing you know, your message to resonate regardless of whatever anybody else thinks or what your flaws are. So can you talk a little bit more about what it means to flaunt your flaws? Yeah. So when I was thinking, I knew I wanted to impact people ever since I was seven years old. I've been a songwriter and like making people feel something. And so when I decided to go onto the online space, it was around the time I started doing self-development. And when flaunt your flaws came up, even though it's directed towards people that have physical differences, I noticed that the more I talked about my difference and the more I shared my story, it impacted people that were fully abled, right? So I started to realize that flaunting your flaws does not apply just to something physical, but it's something like anyone has these flaws, quote unquote flaws, that they don't like about themselves. Whether it's, oh, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I don't like my hair, I don't like my nose, um, whatever it is. We all have those things that we pick apart. And so flaunting your flaws is really just stepping into that power, embracing who you are, and then deciding, do I want to change this for myself or because the media is telling me? And if it's for yourself, then go ahead and change it. I'm all for plastic surgery. I'm all for the fillers. I'm all for that. If it's because you want to, not to fit someone else's image of you. So that's all what Flaunt Your Floss is about. Just being who you are, whether that looks like all natural or super done up, regardless, Mm. you're you. 
Okay. So I love that you share that. I'm thinking of Taylor Simpson, who I know we both know you help her with her podcast as well. And she talks about, you know, having a spiritual experience and then having the human experience and being in the meat suit, right? Like we all have this like soul in a meat suit body. And she's like, I'm going to get plastic surgery because I'm going to make the most of my meat suit experience because it feels fun to me. Right. So I love that you shared like being able to flaunt your flaws in that way. And what I'm hearing, what I'm receiving is really moving from a place of feeling disempowered about, you know, what God has given you or what your gifts are or what you've been blessed with. I'm saying blessed, right? And moving from a place of feeling disempowered, like I don't have any control, like I'm so different. Why is this happening to me? To actually shifting into an energetics of empowerment and saying like, I can, I, I can own this. This is part of who I am. This is my unique makeup. And then when you shift into that energy, you can actually like alchemize that. Like you can turn whatever you thought may have been a disadvantage into your superpower. And it's so interesting because I, as you know, like I live with my best friend and her daughter who is four years old and she's at the stage in my, in in her life where she's super observant and she asks Mm. really pointed questions, especially when we're out in public, like, we were in the grocery store one day and she saw a man that had a rather large stomach. And she said out loud to me and her mom, like, mommy, why is that man's belly so big? And it's like, Oh, right. Like you, like, what do you say? Or she, um, I remember the first time she recognized that someone's skin color was different and she asked Mm -hmm. questions about it. And, you know, being able to explain to her that, they're like, you are one of one, right? There's nobody else that's like you. You were created 100% unique. God made you like you, like you have curly hair and I have straight hair. This is what I'm saying to her. Like she has blonde curly hair and I have short, I have, um, straight brown hair and like your hair being beautiful doesn't make my hair less beautiful. Like we each get to be in our own glory and that's the way we were uniquely created. So I love that you're like talking about this. Cause it's like, you know, it comes full circle as I'm watching this little four-year-old, like evolve and start to form beliefs. So can you share a little bit more about how you got to this point of actually being able to like flip this around and share your story and your differences from a place of empowerment? Because I'm sure it hasn't always felt that way for you. Definitely not. Um, Actually, for 10 years, I wore long sleeves and I hid and it wasn't like I had convinced myself that that was just my style. I liked wearing long sleeves. It was it was who I was. It was part of me. And a lot of times I feel like we do that. We convince ourselves of a narrative that's not real, that someone else pushed on us. Or it's a narrative that we think someone else has of us. And that one is so, so um, important to recognize because someone might not be telling you oh, this is how I see you. But in your mind, you're like, oh, this is how they see me. Therefore, I need to step into that. So I remember in middle school, that's when I started feeling different and really noticing because I had incredible parents, incredible family that never made me feel any different. I was always playing basketball, doing gymnastics, soccer, and whatever. But in middle school, I convinced myself that if we lost a game, it was my fault because I was different. If we didn't make it to the um, playoffs or whatever, it was my fault because I was different. So I started really taking bits and pieces that made me me and hiding those away. So I isolated myself to the point of like, I said I was hiding who I was. I really wasn't doing things that lit me up. And so I completely lost myself. 
And high school went on, you know, I missed a lot of parties. I lost friends because I wouldn't be part of their quinceañeras because the dress was strapless. I would just drop on them. I missed out on a lot because I was so ashamed of myself. But at the time, I didn't know I was ashamed of myself. I thought, this is just how it is. I don't want to do that. Doesn't feel good for me. But it was just a cover up. And I didn't realize that until, you know, I graduated high school, I moved to LA, pursued a career in music, was doing all that. And I remember this exactly like it was yesterday, but it was, I was 22, two years ago, and I looked at a photo of me and my boyfriend and I was smiling, but I did not recognize who was on the photo. And it was so scary to me being like, who have I become? I was walking my dog at night in Hollywood, which is super dangerous by myself because I didn't want to go out in the daylight and like have people see me. Like it was getting out of control. I gained over like a hundred pounds. I was like 220 pounds at that time. And I did not recognize who was in that photo. So I remember being like, okay, I need to do something about this. And what started as a physical transformation, I hired a um, personal trainer and I started working out and stuff. I realized that I was still not happy. I was still not fulfilled because I wasn't doing the inner work, but no one had told me that there was inner work to be done. So what I did, I went on podcasts. That was my first introduction to podcasts. And I saw a podcast that was called Earn Your Happy by Lori Harder. And I was like, Earn Your Happy? What the hell is this? I remember listening and I probably binged listen to like all her episodes. And that was around the time she was launching her book. And she had a, a book signing in Arizona. And I remember telling my boyfriend, I'm like, I just bought a bus ticket. I'm going to Arizona tomorrow. And he was like, what? Why? And I was telling him about it. And he's like, okay, cool. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to take a bus. And he's like, you know what? I'll drive you. So he called off work and he drove me. And that was my first event. And realizing that I had control of what made me happy and of my life was such a game changer. So I always message Lori. I'm like, hey, like you literally changed my life because she is the first one that said, here's your permission to be who you are and to like switch your life around. And so I'm super grateful for that. And that's really what started that journey of like, I could use this to empower people. I, like I said, I've always wanted to impact people in some sort of way. I knew that's what my mission was. But the key was that I wasn't embracing what was gifted to me by God's source, whatever, to make that impact. And mm. so that started that whole journey. Man, I have like goosebumps listening to this because, <laughs> you know, I feel the same way about Lori. She, her podcast was the very first one I ever listened to. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had her on, on this podcast and we've become great friends and, you know, what you're saying and what I'm hearing you say about her is exactly what, you know, you're saying about yourself as well is that, you know, when you went and shared your story at that event and you wore a tank top is that if Lori hadn't leaned in to her fear and started to share her story and share her message and flaunt her flaws, 
you wouldn't have had the, or maybe you would have, but not in the same way, like the wake up call and the permission Mm -hmm. for you to go do the same. Right. And that's why it's so important that we each, you know, flaunt our flaws and we put our gifts out there and we share our story and share our message and start like, like doing the work, right. Because it gives Mm -hmm. permission for so many other people to do the same. Right. I mean, that's like Mm -hmm. what it is. Right. Yeah. And it's so important because you don't know who's watching. You don't know who's paying attention to your story, to your life. And like that reminded me of something so, so funny that like I had forgotten until right now. Um, I have a little cousin and well, right now she's 14, but she's 10 years younger than me. And I remember this now clearly uh, when she was younger, she would like for me to read her like bedtime stories and stuff. And one time my tia, my aunt, she was like, yeah, it's so funny. Yesterday, Vero, my cousin, she told her that she wanted to chop her arm off to be like me. And I was like, well, first of all, do not do that. But second of all, she's watching what I'm doing and wants to be like me. So now I have like to be careful what I do, what I say around her, but at the same time, not censor who I am. Because that gives her permission to be herself. And like at the time I knew that, but I didn't really like embrace it. But it's so it's so crazy to think how people are watching when we don't even know we're watching. And I'm sure you get that. Um with with your little cute four-year-old niece that's turning around. Yeah, she absorbs everything. And it's like I think being in the presence of young children has really and and like doing my own work around like mm-hmm. what did I experience when I was younger and what did I not get and you know the years of therapy and coaching and personal mm-hmm. development to unwind all of the beliefs right <laughs> like oh I, I believe that that's not mine that's somebody else's right um yeah so I think being around little children and really knowing that everything that you say is going to imprint Mm. upon them really gives you an opportunity to pause and say, well, why am I saying this? Why am I reacting this way? How is this little person going to receive this? Mm. You know, and how can I explain it in a way that they can understand? So it doesn't seem like, uh, I don't know how to put it into words, but I think you know what I'm saying, right? So even with um, this past week, so our um, my best friend has a German shepherd. He's 13 years old. And my niece has literally known nothing ever other than him. Like they've been besties. She's four years old and he passed away this week and having to explain to her, like what happens when he died and why he died and, you know, where he is now and talking about heaven and life and death and like, okay, we have an opportunity to help her form a belief about mm-hmm. what happens when someone dies. And, you know, like she knows that my sister's passed away, her grandfather's passed away, her grandmother's dog passed away. And we talk about, you know, they're in heaven and you can talk to them anytime you want. And their energy is always here. And Mm -hmm. just seeing her connect dots and form beliefs is so powerful. And it's the same thing for us, only it happens at lightning speed. Like something happens and we immediately form a belief and we connect dots and now we have a story. (laughs) Right. Right. So So, So we were talking, you know, offline before we hit record. And I know one of the things that you and I both um, have done a lot of work around is actually going back to that younger version of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, my, my niece gets to mirror back to me what my little girl is thinking and feeling, and I'm sure yours does the same. So can you talk a little bit more about, 
you know, inner child work and how that's helped you get to where you are right now? Yeah. Yeah. So I've always loved inner child work. The first time I did it was so life-changing because what we don't realize is that a lot of our beliefs are created at that young age. When something happens, we form a belief, whether it's subconscious or consciously. We form those beliefs and we carry them. And as the years go by, you add to that story. So what happens if you're doing all the work externally and as, as an adult, but your little girl is still scared? Your little girl still doesn't understand why death happens or why your mom was working all this time or why your dad wasn't around or whatever it may be. Your little girl might have not gotten the chance to have someone sit her down and explain hey, this is what's going on and this is what happens and this is how you could deal with it. So it's almost your job to reparent yourself. Be a parent, be that teacher, be that friend, be whatever you need to be to that little girl. And this is something I'm currently practicing. As you, Melissa, know, I lost my grandpa and he's the first like family member, close person I know that I've lost, thankfully. And... It happened so quick, you know, he's always had knee problems, but he got sick about a month ago and it just like went downhill really quick. And it was too little too late when we finally got the, the doctors and all that. But it's something that I'm having to work on because a lot of the times and something that keeps replaying in my head is I remember him since I was a little girl telling me like, oh, when you get your car, you're going to like drive to our house and like you're going to pull up in your little car. And I might get emotional here. So just a heads up. But I never got the chance to do that. Never. And I yes, I went to go visit him, but I was never the one driving my car to his house. Mm. Right. So it's something that now I have to be constantly reminding my little girl, like, you spend time with them, you still want to go see them. It was it was not necessarily how he thought and how he said all these years ago, but things change. And like they live in Mexico, so we would have to like cross the border and drive and it kind of gets dangerous. And my mom was like, don't drive by yourself. So it's something that was more for safety reasons. But it's something that I've been having to talk to my inner child a lot because she does feel guilty that she didn't go my 16-year-old self, which is not so much an inner child, and that's, I think, a misconception of when people say do the inner child work. Your inner child could be you a year ago. It could be you six at 16, 15, whatever that looks like. And like talking to my 16-year-old, being like, hey, I know you got your car at this age and you wanted to go visit them, but it wasn't the time and that's okay. He understands that. So it's been a process and I think it's so important that whenever we get triggered and I found this a lot that whenever I get triggered with something whether it's like oh something falls or I am late for something whatever it is if something triggers me I tend to stop and be like okay did something like this happen when I was young why am I so triggered by this and we get to do that work we get to talk to our younger selves and be like hey I know this is a pattern I know that this probably traumatized you, but it's okay. Everything worked out. You're still here. So it's just a process that you have to, 
and everyone has a different process, obviously, but being able to have that open communication with your inner child is so, so magical because you could change really the stories around what you built, what you mm-hmm. believe. The Like I was talking about whether you truly believe that about yourself or is it like outsource or outside sources that are telling you to believe something that's kind of like what it is within your child it's like is that really your belief or is it something you learned to believe when you were a young child and mm-hmm. so it's just a work in process it's so powerful and I I picture my my inner child like she's like eight to ten years old she's got like cut off denim shorts on and little mm-hmm. like converse sneakers and a dirty t-shirt and she's like dirty from playing in the barn and in the dirt and she's a tomboy and she likes to go fishing and she's like tough you know and and um I I had an experience recently where I was um doing some release writing and cord cutting from some past relationships and I was looking at my own wounding and like how I had contributed to the relationships and then you know how I had been wounded by those people as well and I was recognizing that at the core of everything is just a desire to want to be loved and love Mm -hmm. can show up from a light perspective and also from a shadow perspective and you know that shadow perspective can be really manipulating it can be really toxic it can be really damaging And it can also be really pure and compassionate and, you know, integrous and all the things. And I think a lot of it comes from not getting what you needed when you were that age. And, uh, you know, as a result, that little person who's pissed off or angry or scared or unloved is the one really like driving the bus, right? We think it's our, our current self, right? But it's really not. And if you don't pay attention, they will literally, this little version of you will like destroy everything like they throw like when my little girl throws a temper tantrum I'm like oh man like now I gotta clean this mess up and it's like okay who's the next coach I can hire to help me navigate through all this right it's like thanks for that um but yeah it's like when you deny doing the inner child work you really deny yourself of joy and love and happiness and it's messy and scary and like there's a lot of crying and journaling. And, and I know I've had experiences where I will have a realization about something and I'm like, Oh, Oh man. Mm -hmm. Like my whole perspective shifts. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, like I'm an asshole and I need to fix all this now. I'm like, I need to maybe say, I'm sorry to a couple people. Um, yeah. And it's crazy when you realize that what you thought was like, you knowing yourself, like you don't actually know yourself until you go in and do that work Mm -hmm. and it's so it's so funny because then you realize that you're like limiting yourself because of not doing the inner work and I caught myself doing that this this week yesterday actually because the new movie I don't know if you saw my post on that but um HBO released a new movie a remake of the movie Witches and Anne Hathaway and I love Witches I embrace being like called a witch I love it um I practice that sometimes but this movie the way Anne Hathaway perceives her witch character they made her with a limb difference on the hand and the way it's described it's that it's scary and it's gross it says that in their IMDb page and so when I saw that that triggered my inner child so much of like am I gross am I weird am I scary and so I wasn't gonna do a um 
a IGTV on it because of the elections that are happening and stuff. But I was like, you know what? I need to talk on this, not just for my own healing, but what about those little girls, little boys that are still out there that haven't found their power? Now what's going to happen when they see that? They're going to have those thoughts of, oh, I am scary, I am gross, and that is not okay. And so I had to do some work around that, and it was very conflicting because a lot of the Lynn Difference community was writing, like, on their differences, like, I am not a witch. And I was like, wait, but I am. But, like, that's not what, you know, it was so polarizing. And so just taking the time to really talk to my inner child and being like, hey, we're going to put ourselves out there again, and we're going to help people. And I know my inner child loves helping people, and she she wants to be liked. And I was like, it's not going to be easy. We, we might get backlash or we might not, but we're not doing this for us. And so having that conversation with the inner child and being able to have her show up almost in that IGTV was, was really great. And so, yeah, doing the inner work is just so game-changing because then you can really step into your power of like, I know the the triggers. I know the patterns that can come with this, but I'm also in a place where I can handle and navigate and help my little girl navigate. So I'm driving the bus, like you said, and she is not. Mm, gosh, I literally have like goosebumps because this is so, it's so amazing to hear you share this, Ruby, because um, I've never gotten the chance to really like hear this side of your story or even like, it's like, it's like being in your brain, like being in the moment with you. And I can imagine how, how challenging that is. And, you know, you had an, you have probably had this, this moment of like, okay, path A says, don't say anything and just keep it to yourself and continue on like life as I know it, which feels good. And then the other path is speak up and run the risk of being seen even more like hello girl in the tank top right on stage yeah. and being seen and calling this out and maybe I'm going to be rejected or kicked out of the the party or the tribe and people might not like this I'm I'm bringing more attention to myself and that can feel really mm -hmm. scary and you know like the more you do that though the more you do that the more you prove to that little girl that, okay, we got this, like, okay, we made it through that. And like, what's next? It's like a video game, right? Like, and we've, yeah, we've, yeah. it's like, okay, I made it through this level. Now <laughs> we get to unlock the next level. Right? right. And it's just a reassurance of it's okay to be seen regardless of where you are in your life. And I think that's such a message that's been present of like, you get to be seen. It's okay to be seen. It's okay to be heard. And so, yeah, it's just really beautiful. Mm, I love that. And so when you think about kind of like your life right now, I know you have some changes that might be coming up and you are definitely stepping further into being seen and sharing your message and your story and inspiring others. Like what, what is the thing that you're most excited about right now? Honestly, just building a community of like feel good people. Because for the past year, I've been really focused on podcast and co which is all about podcast production and management and that's a completely different story that we could get into um but podcasting gave me my voice back you know this we've talked about this before and so now really just stepping into okay the company's doing really well I have my clients that I love and adore working with them I'm bringing I brought someone into the team that's doing the editing with me and like she's learning under me 
So I could kind of step away from it just a little bit to be able to dive really deep into my story and what I'm really, really being called to do while still being able to help others really share their impact through podcasting because it's something I'm so passionate about. And so I'm just really, really excited for this new chapter. And I don't know what's yet to come, but it's not my job to know. Mm. It's really not. No, I love that. It's not my job to know, right? Oh, gosh. That makes me, ooh, I don't like that. It's hard. I mean, yes, and that makes me like, ooh, I want to know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I'm super, like, controlling. I'm like, I want to know everything. I want to know everything single step A through Z. But it's something that I've been having to, like, let go and release of control because that's when the magic happens. Mm, yes. Amen to that. It's 100% where the magic happens. And it's like, oh, this doesn't feel good. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So if people want to get into this amazing community that you're building and they want to know more about Ruby, how can they get in touch with you? Like, what's the best way for them to get into your vortex? Yeah. I know everyone says this, but Instagram, I'm always on Instagram. Um, <laughs> at Ruby Skelton, so just my name. Ruby with an I, not a Y. Um, and then if you want to do like podcasting stuff, that's at the podcast and co or podcastingcompany.com. I love it. I love it. And guys, Ruby shares some of the coolest stuff. I love that you're witchy because you're my kind of people, right? I love all the woo and the witchy and you're just so inspiring and just a genuine light in this world. And I'm, I'm so excited to see you be seen even more because I think the world needs to hear the message that you have. And I mean, I can see like New York time bestseller and like speaking on stages and like all the things like I can see that. Thank you so much. I'm receiving all yes. that because that's what I'm manifesting right now. Receive it all. Okay. So last, last question and you can go, you know, as deep as you want, you can be mm-hmm. as bold as you want. What are you celebrating right now? I'm celebrating life. I'm celebrating that we get to be experiencing what we are in today's age, you know, with the election and the protests and the the changing and people standing up and being in their power. I am celebrating that. I am celebrating the opportunity we have to experience it. I'm celebrating all the breakthroughs. I am celebrating the, the new coming, I guess, if you want to call it, of really taking the blindfolds off and seeing life for what it is and diving into that spiritual awakening. So I'm just really excited about life right now, regardless of what happens with whatever's happening. I'm excited to see what the next chapter holds and just really holding the space of it's going to be okay because it has been the plan and like divine timing is nothing but perfect, whether we like it or not. Mm. So just trusting it. Yes. You always speak my language. I I um I love that you shared that. I'm probably gonna record a podcast on this as well. But I saw this quote today on Instagram. I'm gonna read it because I just felt like it was so like, whoa, it got me. And it's it's mm-hmm. um, kind of ties into what you're saying. And it goes like this. It's funny because we ask God to change our situation, not knowing he put us in the situation to change us. Mm. And, you know, again, it like it, it kind of goes back to everything that you've that the whole theme of this podcast of like, why is this happening to me versus how is this happening for me? Right. Mm-hmm. And just shifting out of that energy of feeling really disempowered and unable to change our circumstances to saying, no, this is this is a good thing. Like, 
like just being excited about where we are. And even if it doesn't feel good, it's still exciting and an opportunity for something new. So I love that yeah, you shared totally. that. Thank you. Changing the question. Mm-hmm. Well, Ruby, thank you a million times over for your gifts. I'm so grateful for you. And guys, if you love this episode, which I know you will, please show Ruby some love, share it on Instagram, tag her. Honestly, the Boldly Courageous podcast would not be what it is without you. And I I could not do this without you. So thank you. Thank you a million times over. I love you and I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. Until the next episode, don't forget to live your boldly courageous life. Bye guys. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.